the Nighttime Show, live from Genghis Cohen in Hollywood, California. Today, our guest, John Venzen, ace from uh, the editor of Lego Batman movie, the Lego Ninjago movie, Storks, and of course, one of our favorite movies of all time, South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Here is with us always, our head writer and producer, Matt Walker, the skinniest... Bastard, he looks like a Q-tip on fire. And of course, there's me, the host of the nighttime show, sexy as always, wearing my shorts that may or may not have a stain on them. Steven Grandma Glickman! Hey, how are you, John? I'm doing well, and I'm here to confirm there are stains, but in totally appropriate places. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like a pre, it's like a stain. Like I pre-stained. They're pre-stained. It's probably yeah. from they were, your dog. They were stained. I don't think it's no, stained by you. No, no, they were they dog. were pre-stained when I bought them. They that's the new fashion trend. It, it's oh. true. You just head up Melrose. Like the place is lousy with pre-stained clothing stores. <laughs> oh God, they've got everything these Everyone. days. Very it used to be rips. Now it stains. Mm-hmm. John, what I haven't seen you. I think since the the wrap of. Uh, Storks. Storks, yes. Yes, right. that was, uh, believe it or not, that was a year ago, a whole year ago. Actually, yeah. that's, that's not true. I did, I saw you last week when I rewatched Storks and you appear in the movie. <laughs> did you know this, Matt? Uh, John appears in the movie. He is fully animated. He shows okay. up. Uh, there's a scene where uh, a, del- uh, a package is being delivered to uh, the Storks, like, island, that's basically. Right. That's right. And he, he, an- he, he put himself into the movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, and. Is- and he's like the mailman delivering the the package oh. to the editor's the privilege. You make it's, sure that doesn't get cut. Oh no! I'll tell you. This yeah. is, there's a great story about this. Please. Uh, basically, our um, our co-head of story, Matt Flynn, is a good friend of mine, and so um, I love ruffling his hair, his boyish hair, giant luscious head of hair that you want to take a nap in. Um, evident- Just like Stephen Glickman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> On his chin. It's like a, it's like a, you want to. Uh, base camp there yes but uh matt evidently doesn't like it when i treat him like my little brother so um what he did as a goof is he drew me doing this goofy walk in the storyboards uh and i i went ha 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 it's so funny but every time we would show it uh we would run the scene everyone would laugh at me and matt (laughs) had his revenge and i thought okay that's fine that's fine i'll I'll, I'll bear this. But then what happened was is Doug Sweetland, one of our two fabulous directors on Storks, thought, how hilarious would it be if we completely CG modeled him, which they did, and it mm-hmm. ended up in the movie. And oh my God. it gets even better. So what happens is, is you would think, well, if I'm going to be a CG character, they're going to do motion capture. They're going to see me, mm-hmm. see my essence, do the walk. So people see it and go, that's clearly John Benzin. No. Right. No, what they did is they called up Matt, and they were like, you drew him doing this weird little walk. Is that how he walks? And Matt is, of course, I'm sure, <laughs> thinking, yeah, he yeah. walks weird like that. So, <laughs> so when you watch the movie, you'll see me. I have my hand kind of cocked out, and I'm like this doing this little <laughs> is it like from uh, Monty Python's Ministry of Silly Walks? Silly Walks. I think, yeah. I, I think that I would be like the B-list, like the Python guys would look at me walking and go, you know what, That's that, let's, let's put that in the maybe pile. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I love that. So, oh, that's so great. Let, let's jump way back to the beginning because I'm curious about yeah. this because you've been editing in a long time and now you've done a lot of animation lately, but you started off doing live action stuff, Yeah, right? that's right. That's right. So how did you get started in the world of editing? Did you go to college for to study editing or, or what happened? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I went to uh, the University of Colorado at Boulder back mm-hmm. in uh, 
the late eighties, I guess, if I'm trying back to remember. Back when Avids were like a machine. Yeah, well actually back before Avids, I actually mm-hmm. learned how to edit on film back in wow. the olden days with splicers and I have scars on my hands from using razor blades mm-hmm. to chop lines of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, film, mom, if you're listening, your baby doesn't do coke. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. Uh so the deal is that uh when I was there I I, uh, I had the I guess good luck of knowing that I wanted to be an editor from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So what happened was I would just volunteer to edit all of my friends' films and they were they all wanted to be directors and yeah. they were only too happy to do that. And so a good good buddy of mine um you know we would hang out and he he was going to I always knew he was going to be a director and so uh once I started I came out to Los Angeles and I got started on my big break in Hollywood. I, I'd managed to weasel my way onto Natural Born Killers as mm-hmm. an assistant editor. So cool. Yeah. Which launched me into this uh, this great trajectory. And as so an how, ass- did, how did you make that happen? Oh, God. Well, here, here's the thing. If you, and this is a great tip for Hollywood. If you are ever in a situation where someone says, hey, can, do you know this fill in the blank for me it was this mm-hmm. arcane digital editing system do you know this uh you always say yes yeah. and then you quickly run and find a book or a website and you mm-hmm. read it as fast as you can uh basically what happened was i got a call because the techniques are the same regardless yeah, of right. the software you're using it's like with uh even just using a computer like doing art on a computer mm-hmm. it's like you could do the same thing in microsoft paint as you can do in photoshop if you just really know what you're doing just, and sure. work hard enough, like what you're trying to accomplish is the same regardless of the tool you use. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. that's exactly right. And so uh, what happened was I got offered this gig and it turned out to be natural born killers. And so they said, I said, okay, well, great. I'll talk to you next week. And they said, oh, no, no. It was Thursday night at eight o'clock. They said, we need you on a plane to Gallup, New Mexico tomorrow morning. <laughs> to which I said, just late night cramps. Merker. <laughs> so uh, like literally as i'm flying to gallup new mexico i'm reading the manual for mm-hmm. the editing machine uh on the plane and just praying to god that so did you have out. like a reel you'd put together of the stuff you did in college and started no, to him, no. or See, how that? that's a that's a good thing about editing you can start out as an assistant editor where which is mostly filing and uh basically supporting the editor mm-hmm. and um even though i had done editing i knew that when i moved to la i needed to start over again because yeah. Who, who, he was like, I'm an editor. I edited this low-budget lesbian horror film. <laughs> yeah. People are going to be like, no, you didn't. Yeah. But we don't care. Yeah. Yeah. No one in Hollywood cares what you did in film school. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to lay down the yeah. truth. But yeah. um, the thing is, is that um, I got in, I met a bunch of great people, Worked. it turned out to be an amazing experience. It was like boot camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then because of that, it just led to another film. I ended up working on Little, Little Giants and then the movie Twister mm-hmm. for yeah. Michael Kahn. And, and were uh, you sure, on sure. Pulp Fiction? Uh, yeah, I did. I helped out mm-hmm. on Pulp Fiction when I was working on uh, uh, Natural Born Killers. They needed some help getting the room set up. And so I went and mm-hmm. hung out and helped them for a week. I got to load dailies for the, the scene in with uh, Julia Sweeney in the mm-hmm. uh, uh with oh the, yeah, the, oh, the wolf. Yeah, at the sure, end with yeah. the cars. That's right. Yeah, so that's gotta be that's gonna be really neat though to be able to see. Uh, I mean, all the different versions of of those performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, would they? I mean, I, I guess like a scripty then gives you kind of a list of like the best, like some of the best takes. Or do they tell you? Exactly which the which take to use, or they tell you like here's some options of takes. You know, I think it's it's it depends on the director. I think a director um, 
most directors typically want to see the editors first pass to kind of see what they do. But when they're on the set, they'll tell the script supervisor, hey, I like the first half of take one. Mm -hmm. You know, Glickman was a genius, takes nine through 12. So anything from there... It's just the way it is, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, but, the, but you have a certain amount you, of latitude. And you then, do realize you don't have to kiss his ass. It's fine. <laughs> oh, oh. Well, see, he, has, he, has, he said I would get a bottle of booze at the end of this thing. Yeah, regardless. That's very, it's very it's regardless. Yeah. Oh, no. really? You can say awful things about me. It's totally fine. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, okay, here's the deal. I haven't, I haven't had cinnamon schnapps in a while, and I know Glickman loves it, so I... Uh, yeah. I assume that's cinnamon. Schnapps. Well, yeah. we're talking about uh, what we're talking about right now is Fireball Cinnamon Whiskey, uh, the which greatest is drink. the greatest drink in uh, in in history. And uh, we have a bottle of it for you, my right dear here. friend oh my John. Oh my God, Thank you so again so much there you go. for is, coming to do it's this. Amazing stuff. Oh, this is excellent. This looks great. I will. I will drink this. I will share it with my friends. I will. And yeah, it looks lovely. And you I was at the county you fair. Sleep so well afterwards. I was at the county fair this weekend, and they actually have a fireball infused giant donut with bananas and some kind of syrup on it. Oh yeah, I had that for Which breakfast. Amazing. This morning. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I'm just can't get enough fireball. Oh, it's everywhere. That's what those stains are. That's yes, where we go. go. Yeah. That it all comes back. It all circles. <laughs> there around. we go. Uh, I'm sorry. Let me. I'll, so I'll wrap up my uh, my my incredibly long story. So no. Basically, uh, I I was I was on the track to to do um, live action editing, and so mm-hmm. I I assisted after Twister. I then got to work for David Fincher, Jim Haygood, the edit his editor mm-hmm. hired oh me God. as assistant. I did uh, the game Fight Club and Panic Room. What? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, Were you around David Amazing. Fincher? Oh, like, yeah. did you meet him and stuff? Yeah, oh God, I spent yeah I spent three four years of my life working for David Fincher. It was the best. It was like film school every day because yeah. the crazy thing about Fincher is is that he knows everything about your job as well as you do mm-hmm. um wow. I, there was a this is a total geeky editor story but please, i have to please tell please so what when um this was back in the film days when whenever you do a dissolve or a title you have to write up a count which you give to the optical house to recreate it from the negative and so uh fincher came in and said hey tell them not to use this particular film printing stock right and he said use this particular <laughs> stock and I went okay uh, you know yeah. David Fincher tells you to do something you're like he probably knows so I write it down uh, and we did a call we got a call back um, uh, Alex Olivares the other assistant and I got a call back from the lab and they were like give us an effing break you're calling out the film printing stock we know what we're doing <laughs> who is your director and we said it's David Fincher and he went okay well, we're going to use that <laughs> stock <laughs> yeah. because they had worked with them on seven and they were like that dude knows know what, he wants. what yeah. he's doing wow yeah, it, uh, I'll tell you every single day I worked for him was uh, was mm-hmm. amazing I learned so much what's he like to spend time with I mean do you guys do, do, would you guys just hang out and yeah yeah in fact we we edited the game and the first half of Fight Club in the guest house behind his house uh, and uh he's a really gracious so he's um, very involved in the editing process. he is very involved yeah. yeah in fact he um yeah I'll, I'll tell you i i never got a chance to meet or work with kubrick but i imagine mm-hmm. he's like um an even more put together and intense version of stanley kubrick wow wow yeah Jeez. i can't say enough good stuff i remember i think it was in Sidney lumet's book where he wrote about how when making a movie the story gets told three times First by the writer, second by the director, thirdly by the editor. And we see the version the editor gives us. That's what right. we get. Yeah. So it's like a really pivotal role in making a film that often gets overlooked. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's that nice of you to say. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, and I think that as an editor, the most important job we have is to be the first audience for the film because we're the people that see it for really put together for the first time. And so as we go through and we sit in a room with our director for literally days, months, and sometimes years reworking things, it's really up to us as the editors to remember the first touch, the first instinct, you know, the joke that was funny that, you know, on 50th viewing, everyone starts doubting and like, oh, I don't know, was that as funny or are we losing something? So mm -hmm. you you really have to, you do your director a disservice to um, back off and just be completely accommodating because, uh, you know, I think your director, um, you hope you have the kind of relationship that you have give and take. And Yeah, so, absolutely. And that's usually, and it was amazing to watch uh, Jim Haygood and Fincher work together on that particular oh, set of God, films oh and angus wall too who was one of the editors as well and man it was it was it was crazy it was crazy and, wow. and and the good news is is that um you know how sometimes when you're in your life you're having an experience and you're like i'm tired i don't want to drive you don't realize <laughs> that maybe this might be the greatest experience of your life yeah, yeah. every single day i work for venture i knew this is this is this is it man this is these are the days it's not that high school bullshit mm -hmm. it's it's completely yeah working yeah. working here so yeah now, how long does a process like that take like let's say you worked on you said fight club yeah right so fight club they might shoot the movie for two months yeah two to so four months two to four months how long does editing that footage take from that point like they because they've already done all their shoots by the time you see the footage at that point is that well, right? you, well actually you as an editor on live action shows you start um about a week before shooting starts mm -hmm. so you you start getting footage the day the second day of shooting oh wow sure. okay um so uh, but the thing is that in terms of the duration of the time it depends on uh you know the release schedule if uh, the, a director has a certain amount of clout they clout they might get you know, like a year's time, a year and a half. Uh, Fight Club was, uh, I want to say, and by the way, I might be totally wrong about mm -hmm. this. I remember it being about a year and four months, a year and a half, which is a long time That's for a long yeah. time for editing. Wow. But uh, Fincher uses every, whatever amount of time he has, he uses he uses it really well. Wow. And, um, were, the, were you, uh, how many editors were there? On, uh, on Fight Club, it was Jim Haygood, who was the main editor. Um, it was uh, myself and Alex Olivares and Michelle Mendenhall and two or three, uh, Mike Matzdorf, a couple of other assistants. Uh, and then kind of on the back half uh, to finish up, um, Angus Wall came. Angus, by the way, cut the title sequence for seven and won two Academy Awards mm -hmm. uh, for Fincher wow. on... Um, uh, Social Network and uh, Benjamin Button. Oh, my God. Wow. Now, have there been moments in those films? or I mean, you know, there's st stuff gets cut all the time that, uh, yeah. you know, has there been things that you've watched get cut that you're like, ooh, that could have been so cool or people would have loved that? Yeah, you know, this it wasn't the case on Fight Club, but on most movies you work on, the version right before the final version is usually the correct version of the movie because <laughs> yeah. uh, you have a certain number of people that come in. I won't say names. They usually rhyme with udio. Executives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm, I'm being a dick. Those guys hire me. I love them. They make great choices. Yes, no, of course, of um, course. Yeah. Typically what ends up happening is, is you work and work and work and then you get the version, which is probably the right version. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then what happens is either you start second guessing it or people get bored or the realities are you can't do a seven minute vibrator joke, whatever, yeah. whatever the thing is. Sure, of course. Yeah. Unless it's yeah. not another teen movie where I think they did a seven minute vibrator oh, joke in that movie. I think you may be right. Yeah. 
And so what ends up happening is you end up you changing know, it. You know it's super weird, by the way? Mm-hmm. A little off subject, but I am uh, currently working on a show that is uh, on Disney Channel. Mm. And one of the actresses on the show was in the movie, not another teen movie. Mm-hmm. And she was completely naked in those movies. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. like the whole way through the movie. She plays the oh, Shannon yeah, Elizabeth part. She plays part. The, the foreign exchange thing. Uh-huh. Okay, I remember and her. And she's now playing like a series. She's now a series regular on a Disney Channel show. Oh. And they just, but like they just overlooked it. it they were like, they were like pretended happen. it did not exist. But it was like something that people were, like she was, they were worried. They're like in her their fourth season. Like she has no, you know, she's going to mm-hmm. be there for a while. But it was amazing. Like I was like, wow, my God. Like to, like those leaps, that's a that's a leap. Yeah. To go from that to like being in, in kid-friendly stuff is very tricky. I don't know if that mm-hmm. happens yeah. all the time. But no, I, I can't imagine. Usually it's the reverse. But yeah, she played a foreign exchange student. So right. therefore, mm-hmm. maybe you could argue it's an art film because ah, she's foreign. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah, so that there could. Go. There European. we go. That, that makes sense. Very different over there. Absolutely. Yeah. It's totally I lo- normal. I actually love that movie. Uh, not another teen movie. I saw it in um, the theater. Oh, me too. I made bad choices. Hey, <laughs> I look. I've made you make bad choices. Oh yes, you've I made you see Jack movies. and Jill in the movie theater. Uh, I made you see Bucky Larson, Nick Swartzen's movie uh, in the movie theater. What was that one we saw? I made you the... see Mother's Day in the movie theater. Mm. I've made you see. What was the one with the slap chop dude? Oh, that that one. W- that was bad. I think there were twelve people that saw it in America. We were two of them. John, I have yeah. like a really, really deep-seated problem where like I he make, loves bad movies. I love bad movies, and he makes me go watch but them. But only <laughs> bad movies that cost a lot of money. Yeah. Ooh, and they can't yeah. be action movies. They have to be like relationshipy type movies oh, that are like massive, massive Valentine's failures. Day. Yeah, like oh god, I so, love those. So I would so assume much. like the class, your classic movie would be Ishtar. Like that's yeah. right in your yeah, wheelhouse. like that's in my Dude. wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean, I took, mm-hmm. I took, I, I'm one of my my favorite. Water if I had World. to like pick my favorite the bad Postman? movies, it would be like Valentine's Day oh, or yeah. uh, New Year's Eve. Like those movies where they jammed. Where they spent $100 million on the cast and $100 on the the script. And they filled everybody in as (laughs) possible as they could do. And, uh, oh, no, there was a movie. There was a movie. Sorry, I know we're jumping way off subject. There was a movie with Halle Berry and Hugh Jackman that we went to go see. Uh, 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 Oh, shit. What was it called? With the... You remember it was uh, Halle Berry and Hugh it was Jackman the, had the sketch one, yeah, that hanging was, from his neck. Oh, the one that was oh, right. like they blackmailed people into they being in the movie. They blackmailed everybody into being in the movie. Yeah, right. What they had right. done is they had shot a sketch. I'm forgetting. We got to find the name of I the movie. Remember. I'll look you, it up. You look it up. Yeah. They uh, the, these guys, uh, John. I don't, oh. I don't know if you know this story. Oh, I do know the story. You in fact, know. I watched them edit that specific skit with no the, with the way testicles. Oh, shut the up are you serious I'm not kidding. The they were cutting movie. that over at real effects in uh, santa monica and i would poke my head in and it was like uh it was the um uh the guys that did uh, something about mary wasn't yeah. it yeah yeah they movie were part 43. Of movie 43 yeah where literally they went to every cast member and said hey halle berry and hugh jackman are in a movie do you want to be in it it's a comedy and they would say yeah sure can we watch their stuff? And they go, no, you can't watch anything. Good call. And, you and can't, you can't. And then they would just sign their rights away. Ugh. They would go and make the movie, and they did it to everybody, including Emma Stone. Yeah. That cast was huge. I mean, it was yeah. crazy huge. Chris, uh, Chris Pratt's in it. Anna Faris mm-hmm. is in it. All these. 
these amazing people, and then that's why they got divorced. They, yeah, they watched that movie and they were like, uh, I guess "Well, it's not gonna work. at some point, I guess." Pay attention to during it, Gene, uh, 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 one of the one of the big guys that was in the movie, like found out he like saw an early cut and he was like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" and tried to jump ship. Richard Gere oh. tried to jump ship from being in the movie. And they were like, no, we're holding you to your, to your contract. And so they had to fly out to him in another country to go and shoot him so that uh, or he would get sued, basically. Oh, so and then damn. they put that, put it out. I mean, it's a it's fabulous. Yeah, the other one I was thinking of was inappropriate movie. That oh, was the yeah. one the guy from slap the slap chop guy. Oh, that was a real the, bad movie. Yeah. The one that Dante's in. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's the worst. Oh, yeah. uh, well, monsters, mon- monster trucks. Oh, monster trucks, which, by the way, I worked on for a hot minute. No, really? you did not. I, I did. I did. What? Yeah, Matt. What? Uh, my buddy Matt Flynn and I, at the very early stages, um, <sighs> took a couple of sequences and put put together. Uh, uh, put. Together. I don't think our stuff ended up anywhere near the movie, wow. uh, but it was. Um, yeah, I, it's it was it was interesting times at Paramount. Do you know Do you know the story about how that movie got made? You know that story. I, right? I do, but I want to hear you say it because then that way I'll have plausible deniability. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. And so the the president of the studio at that time, uh, uh, he greenlit the film, and then he quit pretty soon after, uh, and then. Uh, they was he institutionalized for greenlighting the no, film? No, <laughs> he, no, he quit. And then the <laughs> studio started trying to track down. Uh, after they watched a cut of it, they were like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this? And so they tried to track down to figure out who had pitched him the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, they went to Bob Bacon. Everyone who knew that it was a pro- that of, of how it went down got fired or, or, got, <laughs> or was asked to quit, basically. So Bob Bacon left, who was the head of animation there, mm-hmm. as well as most of that team, that animation team, all left. Mm. And, uh, and then, because it was live action and animation. Agreed. And then in the, in the end, they found out that the person he had bought the rights for that movie from was, uh, and the story from the movie, he had bought that story from his five-year-old son. <laughs> Who then yeah. they forced to retire slash quit. Yes. Quit. yes. Uh, five-year-old. Yeah, You're out of made, business. Yeah, they kicked yeah. the five-year-old out, out of the business. <laughs> but I just, I I love that story. That is my favorite Hollywood story Ooh, yeah. from the last, like, ten years, easily. It's, like, easily the last 10, 20 years. Oh, like, yeah. It's, favorite thing that could have happened in Hollywood. I love it. The yeah. worst part is, is when, when I heard it pitched, I went, doesn't Paramount make a movie about trucks that turn into other things? Yeah. Called uh, tr- <laughs> Transformers? Uh, tr- that's what it is. That's what it is. Trans- Transmorgophyre? Yeah. Transmorphers? It was, it was like, uh, yeah, but it's like Transformers for kids. It isn't Transformers <laughs> for right. kids? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I love that kind of and stuff, Normally man. I would think, I love okay, this Transformers business. without Michael Bay, I'm kind of more interested, but... Apparently not. I don't know, man. You know, I got to give Michael Bay a lot of credit, though, because that... Nobody those, makes more money with bad movies than Michael Bay. I mean, those movies have yeah. made so much money. Those yeah. Transformer movies have gone on, and it could have just been one or two movies, but oh, yeah. what are yeah. we on, six I now? Just, Five, I at, six? The, the yeah. highest grossing film money. from like two years ago was the one with the dinosaurs in it. Oh, That's yeah. a lot, dude. And, and yeah, by yeah. the way, it's the highest grossing dinosaur movie that doesn't have the words... Jurassic or Park in the time. Yeah, it's insane. You know, like, I've argued with people about that before because they're like, oh, Michael Bay, bleh. And I'm like, dude, Michael, well, look m- look at the amount of movies that he's made. Cranks out movies, made makes a, lot a of fortune. I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah. But Transformers 3, 
or was it four? Three. I don't know. One of them was, had elderly Transformers no. in it with beards, and that's where I, I, I was well, out. I was out when it was like, I am the I think oldest it was three. bearded the, Transformers. I think it I was, was like, only whoa. the second movie I ever walked out on in my entire life. Damn. Was that when I was like, I can't watch this. He took Dr. Ken, Ken Jeong, one of the funniest human beings on planet Earth, okay. and made him not funny. And the movie. I don't know how he did it. That's the movie. That's amazing. I was there with you. And himself. I was like, I'm not sitting here watching this. I can't watch this anymore. And I got it up and a left. Dare? Like done on a dare? Yeah, I, I bet you know. I bet you I can get Americans to cheer for Nazis. Yep. And make make him not funny. I felt the same yep. way about um that uh when when uh Adam Sandler got Al Pacino for J- Jack and Jill oh, to do the yeah. Dunkachino yeah. stuff. Dunka, 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 I felt like it was him personally being like like I own this town. <laughs> you know, like that. Somehow in his brain, he was like, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to I'm going to do down. this to Al Pacino. And then he did it. And I was like, oh, so oh, dirty. So, so dirty. So dirty. It made and me you know feel what's happened so since then? dirty. You know what's happened since then? Now what? you see Al Pacino walking around in the streets wearing a dress, looking like a homeless person. Oh. I don't know. It's like he, he, it's like he can't I live with the shame. I saw Al Pacino at, in, in, uh, in, I know that we're jumping way out. No, 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 no. <laughs> But I'm I saw. Pull, I'm going to pull us back right after this please. story. I ran. I saw. Oh yeah. I saw Al Pacino. That's the worst. Who yeah. Do, I can't do. Who What's yeah. the matter with you, I Matt? I can't do voices. You know I don't do voices. I saw. That's Al, why you saw do voiceover work and I don't. I know. I saw Al Pacino across from uh, old NBC Studios in Burbank at mm-hmm. uh, at uh, some commissary cafe, a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there with a, a buddy from. Uh, IGN. We were having lunch, mm-hmm. and literally, Pacino walked into the cafe like he's not Al Pacino, <laughs> and sat down at the table next to us. And uh, he turned, and his buddy goes, uh, "Hey, Al, what what do you want to drink inside? I'll go get you something to drink." And he goes, "Oh God, I don't know. Maybe like uh, cappuccino, something like that." <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I go, I go. I can't have this meeting anymore. I can't have this meeting anymore. Like if that, if he's sitting there doing this, and then they brought him out, and they go, "All we had was cafe au lait, okay, cafe, um, uh, cafe latte, cafe latte. All they had was a cafe latte." And he goes, "Cafe latte." Who do you think I am? And I was like, <laughs> I can't, I can't be here anymore. Like it was so great. That's it was awesome. like having a new Al Pacino movie played next to your <laughs> face. It was so <laughs> weird. Anyways, um, these method guys, man, they can't yeah. order a cappuccino any other way. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hey, uh, man, this is such a fun podcast. You know who I'm missing though? Mm-hmm. Uh, I miss uh, Mike Glazer. I wish Mike Glazer was around. Yeah. Oh my God, look at that! There oh. he is. He's coming in the door right now. Mike Glazer. Hey, hey, hey! Can I come up? Hey, hey! Holy whoa, cow! Whoa, Mike! Whoa. What's going on? Oh. How you doing? I was in the desert and I saw an oasis or something. It was a huge bottle wow. of Fireball, and so I just like dragged it back here. Whoa! whoa look how big that That's bottle enormous. of Fireball is. Yeah, I feel like you could swim in it if you don't want to drink it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely enormous, man. I mean, I can't believe that you find found that in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Well, hey, let's all have some of that Fireball whiskey. Yeah. Thank goodness, man. You know, Fireball whiskey it makes everything. Better even uh, even almost dying in the desert. Yeah, but it was yeah. worth it. I mean, it's gonna taste great. Yeah, yeah. Cinnamon whiskey. It makes you feel good even when you're almost about to die in the desert. <laughs> yeah, 
All right, let's get back to the show. All right, so no, please, let's oh, go yeah, back. Let's so, go, I'm so sorry. Basically, so, here's, so here's what happens. I'm live action working for David Fincher, mm-hmm. living the good life. Um, and uh, my friend from film school, my director friend from film school, calls me up and says, hey, do you want to work on this little low-budget animated feature? And I said, well, I've never edited animation before. And he said, ah, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. And uh, so I said, yes. And it turned out to be the South Park movie. South Park, bigger, yeah, longer. Okay. out of here. So, yeah, I went to film school with Trey and Matt. No, wow. okay. yeah. you did not. University of Colorado at Boulder, yeah. Oh, my and, God. And you didn't work on basketball? I did not. Because what was <laughs> happening is while they were doing uh, Packer, uh, well, I guess Cannibal the Musical, mm-hmm. which were originally called Packer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let's build a and, snowman. Let's and, build yeah, it exactly. up so tall. <laughs> Let's build a Most snowman. Most of my film school friends are in the movie, including mm-hmm. my film professor, uh, Stan Brackage, the great yeah. uh, avant-garde filmmaker, Stan Brackage. Um, so while they were doing that, I was doing the live act, my kind of live mm-hmm. action assisting. And so uh, I just really quickly want to say something about Trey Parker. When I was in film school with Trey and Matt, they were already comic geniuses mm-hmm. it, it was crazy because when we we're in film school comically speaking we were getting our drivers our learner permits yeah. meanwhile trey was like fucking parallel parking the space shuttle mm-hmm. in film school comically speaking Jeez. and so i the the so when we got out here and we started working on on the south park movie it was it was one of the most amazing experiences because um trey and matt at that point um i think everyone was telling them south park TV show, you have probably another two years on this thing. It's mm-hmm. like a fucking piece of commodity. Who gives a shit? Take the money and run. You probably won't even be running the show after season three or four. So yeah. I, I think that Trey and Matt at that point were like, well, fuck, we're just going to go yeah. for broke. With this. that movie, I thought it was going to end the show because I was like, how can they keep going? They've done this movie, mm. which is above and beyond anything they'd ever done on the show at that point. Yeah, well, and I was like, well... There's nowhere to go but down from here. Like, how does it keep going? And then it's like 15 years later, they're still making the show, and it's still great. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that movie was... It, I, feel I watched like it, it was... five times in the theater. No doubt. <sighs> it was... I, I had the soundtrack. I memorized every song. Like, it was... Uh, the three movies I've laughed the hardest at in my entire life are Blazing Saddles, mm. Bruno, and South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Wow. Like, that movie was a perfect comedy. Oh, it's like the funniest yeah. thing to me. Like to this day, I can still remember like where I was the first time I saw it. I almost fell out of my chair laughing so oh. hard. People looked at me like I was De Niro in Cape Fear because I was like laughing like a maniac like that at that movie. Oh yeah, I saw I saw it at at my neighborhood movie theater when I was. Uh, what what year is that? Oh, that came out in 99. 90. 99, 99? Yeah. yeah, all right. So I saw it. Uh, I was home visiting family, and we mm-hmm. we went and watched it at, at the the Wigan Plaza AMC Theater, which is where I saw Back to the Future and all mm. this stuff growing up. Yeah, and uh, I like I remember my brain couldn't handle the how much I was laughing during the mm-hmm. movie because by the end of the movie, you're like. Did I did ever like you're trying to remember every single yeah. thing that you've seen <laughs> and moments that we've never we had never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Like there yeah. it, I, I almost feel like that movie as far as dirty adult cartoons mm. is this it must feel like the same as in some ways what it was like for people to watch Star Wars that had never seen Star Wars before Damn. where they watch Star Wars and their minds are blown out of their asses because they're like I didn't know that I could see 
see something like this. And then <laughs> yeah. with car- with, the, with the, we had never seen a cartoon like that. Like oh, yeah. and the, with the language and with the and music and the singing oh, yeah. and the devil and yeah. oh my god, like it was it was so much has been taken from yeah. that. Mm. Like so many tr- have tried to copy it and and do things like it, but okay. have not I have a lot of questions you know, about close. this though. So you switched yeah. to animation at that point. Yeah. Okay, you think of a live action film they do 10 takes, whatever. They're like, use take two and take five or whatever. When you're making something that's animated, isn't it a lot more like they've sort of recorded the voices? They're like, okay, we know what we want, and don't they just animate what they Uh want? Like, how much editing has to go on in that kind of thing? Yeah, see, that's... that's, uh, It's a misconception I have, I'm sure. Oh, no, no, totally. In fact, by the way, you are not the only person that's asked me this. I've I've talked to editors that, uh, you know, have edited hundreds of movies, and they're like, how does that work? The biggest secret, which I'm now totally blowing, mm-hmm. uh, is is that being an animation editor is more like being a co-writer than it is being an editor. Because mm-hmm. when you work on an animated movie, uh, I'm on it for anywhere from three to five years, and we don't start animating it until almost the very last year, a little less than the last mm-hmm. year, because we're revising, revising, revising. And this segues quite nicely right. to mm-hmm. bringing up my personal favorite animated movie, Storks. Well, here's, here's the thing about Storks. Uh, from day one, which mm-hmm. I was on that movie for three years, mm-hmm. from day one, John was in the room. Okay, so you're so there while they're he recording. He was there the every single time I was in the room. Yeah, because uh, uh, Nick Stoller, our fabulous director, uh, well, our, one of our two fabulous directors, mm-hmm. Doug Sweetland. Doug Sweetland. And, and uh, yeah. uh, Nick Stoller. Um, Nick is an improv guy and obviously mm-hmm. has done a lot of great live action uh, improv films. Sarah, uh, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, forget Getting Sarah. to the Greek, That's uh, right. uh, Neighbors, uh, neighbors um, amazing mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and so for him, he wanted to bring uh, the improv sensibility in the room because typically, and I'm sure um, Mr. Glickman will back me up on this, a lot of times we just record actors one at a time. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of do your thing in isolation. Yeah. Uh, Nick said, no, 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 no. I want to get everyone in the room together or as many people in the room together as possible so you can play so off So you can get the timing other. right. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, he had Andy uh, Sandberg and Katie Crown together in that room for most of their sessions. It was yeah, the two of them. Messing around. I, there were, I think there maybe there was only one session where the two of them weren't together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and Key and Peele recorded together every time. together, yeah. which was amazing. Yeah, the weird part is that yeah, we're thinking they, about that. They're actually Siamese twins. Did you know that? What? Yeah. You know what? Can't not, separate them. Not a lot of people know that. In fact, if you look at the promos for Get Out, <laughs> you'll see Key and Peele on the side. <laughs> no, they kept. Uh, they kept me. They kept my character separate from everybody. Yes, yeah, so almost there's a reason for that because you don't fit in the booth you. with anyone else. Oh. No. You know what, Matt? You know what? Matt, this is some... Matt, right. Matt, 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 words hurt like stone. <laughs> good. That's the intent. So, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you. I brought, I brought some goodies. I brought some Storks goodies. Okay, get out of here. Oh yeah. First of all, is it the long lost Storks, mer- Storks merchandise that it is actually? Oh wow! What? Champagne, champagne flutes. flutes. What? And oh my God! Get out of here! Uh, what is what is a champagne flute without a bottle of very stork champagne? Champagne. No. <laughs> oh my so God! I'm gonna open this up. We're Please. gonna have a little champagne. We will. Champagne. Oh wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Oh, wait, gonna, oh, we're gonna, oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna get some video. I'm gonna get some video. Of this. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. Too, yeah. All right, hang on. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Hang on. For the one-year anniversary of the movie Storks, we have the editor, John Venzen, here. He has brought us 
champagne to champagne. have. It's a really nice rosé champagne, which is very classy because we are classy gentlemen. We are very classy gentlemen. Three classy gentlemen sitting here in our shorts. <laughs> Absolutely. And t-shirts. Gentlemen. Whoa. Oh. Champagne. Champagne. Please do Look pass at your that. glass. Matt, I'm so sorry. I only had two glasses it's to bring quite to all right. Rickman, but uh, here is this. If you just hand me your, um, there you go. If you just hand me your uh, big gulp, I'll go ahead and pour you some. Uh, I'll, I'll take some champagne. Lovely rosé champagne. A little bit. Champagne. <laughs> Not much for me. I'm driving. Habra champagne. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. So I would like to toast. The great animated movie Storks. To Storks. To, to Storks. Storks. Hey, hey, wait, wait. We have to cheers. We have to yeah, cheers. Yeah, go, go oh, cheers yeah. over there. All right, hang on. Don't trip. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. Yay. To Storks. Here, we're, we're all going to drink now. Mm. Wonderful. Oh. oh. Beautiful. Oh, yes. It's amazing. Thank you so much. You are very welcome. And... um let me just tell you something a little bit about um, not many not many people have rosé champagne. No, I I picked it because I think it's um, it's a little nice afternoon class. Oh, yeah. it it's is called very... class, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Look it up. Yeah. Look it up, listeners. Okay. It's called being classy. I, I have some more questions about the oh, editing yes. process. And wait, 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 wait. He's got oh. more stuff. Okay, you got so more stuff. All right, is, show us more stuff, is, and then I'll get back and to that I, question. I promise we'll yeah. we'll get to this. So this so this. Ah, John Venzen, my dear friend, and Ooh. Matt Walker. He, we are here celebrating the one-year anniversary of the film Storks! Storks! Yes, yes it's wonderful. Um, we John. apologize to listeners for that dead air you heard. Uh, John, you're, uh, you're incredible. You were the editor of the film, and you uh, yes. brought some surprises. You mm-hmm. have, uh, I did. Yes. So the first of all, it's a, a custom champagne flutes with ah. the Storks logo on it, because... We didn't make toys for kids, but we made glasses for adults. <laughs> <laughs> this is to help you make the baby that, is that gets the, delivered by the store. That is correct. And we yeah. have this and a very white CD. Oh, nice, awesome. bro. I got make the make some babies. <laughs> babies. <laughs> pigeon toady in the flesh. It uh. is pigeon toady. So, uh, so here's the thing. I and I brought another. You get you get three presents. This okay. is present number one. Oh my wow. gosh! Here is present number two, which is going to segue into our conversation about the editing mm-hmm. process. This, for Mr. Glickman, is an original crew hat. Oh yeah, that's cool. That we that's, gave uh, out to what? Andy we only right there. you had to have worked on the film to get one of those hats. Uh, Brad what? Lewis, our producer, had those made. Um, so that's the Storks Delivery Service logo, right there. That's right. right. But if you look, that at, you look so at it, cool. and that's for mm-hmm. you, Mr. Glickman. Thank you so um, much. But if you look at it, you're, you'll probably say to yourself, "Well, that looks like a military logo. That doesn't does. look like the corner store logo." Yeah. And mm-hmm. that leads us to your question, mm-hmm. which is, "What does an editor do?" Well, when Storks started, Nick's original script, um, the Storks were military. That Hunter was Junior's father mm-hmm. and that they were all military and Pigeon Toady was Hunter's aide de camp. Mm-hmm. He was not like a corporate weirdo. Yeah. And so in our original version <laughs> Until you of met Storks, Stephen Glickman and then you're like, well corporate, corporate weirdo. weirdo. Corporate weirdo <laughs> immediately. So the crazy thing about it is is that uh Mr. Glickman, I did the original voice for Pigeon Toady. No and I was way. the aide de camp and this Can is Can we um, hear your Pigeon Toady voice? I will give you the, and here's the thing, before I do this 
when Stephen came in, he blew us all out of the water. We were mm-hmm. like, oh, no, this is the dude. This is the dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the original Pigeon Toadie's voice sounded like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you like that, Junior? Well, Sorry, that we were vibing. <laughs> And so, so what happened was, is that, that, um, baby powder, Pigeon Toadie was going to get, was really pissy because he uh, wanted to, he wanted to be the next general and junior who didn't want anything to do with, uh, being the general, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, he and Pigeon Toadie were kind of, uh, non-rivals uh anyway but the thing is is that the more we worked it, the more we realized that the, um, military angle just, it just was leaving people cold and it Mm -hmm. wasn't until, um, a little later on that we realized that probably about a year into the project, we realized, oh, wait, no, it shouldn't be the military. It should be a corporate thing. And then that's mm-hmm. when we realized that uh, Junior kind of turning his back on family to, to kind of be a corporate guy and have, have his own apartment and mm-hmm. be amazing uh, mirrored the, co- uh, the story that was going on with uh, the parents, which was the B story. And so yeah. when we switched it to a corporate culture, it allowed us to unify the two stories mm-hmm. and these are the kinds of discoveries so is that like constant rewriting as you're going along that's like you exactly said, a, right an evol- evolving yes that's exactly mm-hmm. right and so what ended up happening is uh once we switched it to that we it really opened things up because then that way even if we weren't with the storks it was a similar storyline so mm-hmm. it felt much more cohesive. a lot of parallels there yeah. that's right that's exactly mm-hmm. right and the uh and this, I'm about to, I'm about to blow Stephen Glickman's mind with the next information. Oh man! Here it comes. Is the next gift a baby? It is. It is. <laughs> it is the. Uh, it, it, it's. It might as well be a baby. Because <laughs> this. So what happened was when we decided to switch from the military thing, all our designs for Pigeon Toady were. Um, were done uh, in a military style. Yeah, like in a uniform. His little uniform. Mm -hmm. So what happened was, is when we were trying to decide, um, Doug Sweetland uh, and uh, the rest of the team, we were all sitting in uh, the editing room trying to discuss, like, what would Pigeon Toady look like? And so um, I I have notepads in the back of my room so Mm -hmm. people can grab notes and things. And so Doug Sweetland grabbed a notepad and drew this, which is the very first drawing ever of Pigeon Toady. No Which is way. my gift to That's you. Are you serious? That is the very, very, very <laughs> first drawing of Pigeon Toady ever. That's awesome. Wow. And the great thing about that. <laughs> this is amazing. This is so amazing. John, that can, is insane. Can I put it back in this folder? Because I don't put trust it back them. in the folder. So what happened was is um, Doug Sweetland oh drew that. God. And we all said, oh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And then he took out, he did another pad and mm-hmm. uh, went through and did a second revised drawing, mm-hmm. which is the one we gave to uh, Sylvan, our character designer, who then took that and created the design that's in the movie. Wow. I can't believe it. And, and what happened was when... Um, Doug got, frame that when oh, Doug got yeah, finished, yeah, 100. It's going. Uh, it's it's a, that's exactly where it's going, going on the wall. Yeah, it should yeah. because and, and so when I said, "Hey, Doug, can I have that?" and he was like, "Yeah, sure," and I held on to it because I knew someday. You'd be on wow, a man, <laughs> that's great. John. That's insane. I'll 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 post video and, and picture so you guys can see it. It'll that's go incredible. along with it. Uh, but uh, you know what's what's crazy, man, is. Uh, I, I see a lot of fan art of. Mm-hmm. I was seeing a lot of fan art of Pigeon Toady after the movie came so out. Does and so, yeah, oh God, <laughs> let's do not bring that up. <laughs> so what I started doing is I started hitting up the artists of the fan art and being like, "Hey, if you send that to me, if you send me the original, I'll frame it and hang it up in my place." Oh, cool! And I have 
like a pile of like really killer artwork so wait, wait, from all these. It's in a pile. You haven't framed it and put it up in your place. No, 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 no. I've been it's, waiting it's to do it because I've been framing. It I've been slowly <laughs> framing things in my place. You know, I have all the all the ones from Mario. Yeah, uh, Degato, oh, yeah, yeah, who does all, ones, yeah. all of our uh, yeah. artwork for our show. Oh yeah, so I have all those framed. Great. But I was like, this is like the piece, man. Like I can that's I'll, awesome. I'll frame all of them and put them all up together. Cause I mean, that's amazing, yeah. man. That is such a that's a huge deal, man. Oh, hey, it, I can't uh, believe that you saved that all this time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And so oh, when you get to Doug Sweetland when you get Doug Sweetland to come get him to uh, sign it. Get him to sign it for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because that's uh, insanity. But this is this and is, then you can and it hasn't it. changed that much. The no, design no, really yeah. hasn't changed. And and that's actually what I, the the thing I really wanted to mention, which is on Storks, we had an incredibly talented group of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, it, it was it was like um, you, you had Doug Sweetland, who, by the way, if for listeners that don't know Doug Sweetland, our director, he started out as one of the superstar animators on all the best Pixar, Pixar films. Movies, he yeah. animated Woody. And in fact, the crazy thing is. Uh, if you go back and look at the supplemental stuff, you'll see Doug acting out Woody. And when you watch it, you go, oh, my gosh, Doug Sweetland is Woody. His yeah, mannerisms, mm-hmm. makes the sense. hat, it's all. And I mean, you just you look at the credit list, and it's every one of your favorite animated movies. And so wow. this yeah, was a, this was Doug's big break to direct, and mm-hmm. he is just supremely talented. And you have Nick Stoller, who mm-hmm. is a comic genius and just – is just the right amount of heartfelt and weird, which, by the way, is a really hard combo to nail. That really right. is a hard combo. That's awesome. I love that you you said to me one time about the character that uh, that once uh, once we were like uh, once you guys figured out you guys figured out like a trick f- for the character, which was uh, that every time he's like gloating and being like a kind of a kind of not a great guy, yes. that you would injure him. Immediately, immediately, so that <laughs> and then that way parents would laugh and kids would laugh. So yes, the parents right. were like okay with the character being kind of a, a jackass because uh, or being rude or like saying awful things because yes. the second that he did it, it was instant karma constantly. Instant yeah. karma. That's exactly right. In fact, um, that that was it was the fine line because if you um, if we did too much pigeon toady, um, the kids. By the way. Kids, kids could have had a nonstop seven-hour pigeon toady movie, and they would have loved it. It would have mm-hmm. been. In fact, I would have loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the parents, parents yeah, so parents much. would have would have had a, a little trouble with it. I the think the parents, not so much. So what happened was we realized, as you say, it's like yeah. we. So when when we meet pigeon toady and he's backing up and he's being kind of a jerk, he backs right into a bench, and that was a really late addition. We added mm-hmm. that right before our last final screening and mm-hmm. yeah, because the line originally was uh hi guys you hear about roger he flew into a window and died and then someone would <laughs> just go, kidding and then someone <laughs> i'd go just kidding and then they would go that's really mean pigeon toady and then he would go uh yeah i know we're raising money for roger's family he's a really great guy i gotta do something good for him be supportive throw a couple bucks in or whatever <laughs> shake a little can shake a little can it was like oh. so ridiculous but i remember thinking knowing that was the line and then seeing him hit himself and being like i wonder why they did that and then i was like 
Oh, it's because it gets a huge laugh from the kids every time it happens. Every okay. single time. So the, yeah. when you're making that movie then, yeah. you've recorded this audio at that point, and you've sort of decided, here's where we're going with, that this is sort of the final version of the audio. Then they start the animation That's process. right, that's right. So um, And then so like then you just sort of fine-tune it, where you're like, let me yeah. chop off a couple frames here and make it so it's a little tighter. Or... Yeah, so, so imagine, um, uh, imagine uh, the last year of an animated movie is like, uh, when you shoot the actual movie mm-hmm. for a live action yeah. movie. And so what happens is you can change things in the last year, but dollar values are double. Yeah. It gets really expensive to change things. So when you're in storyboard mode, which is the first part of the process is mm-hmm. called storyboard, you have terrible people like me <laughs> doing voices. Hey, I'm Pigeon Tony. <laughs> so I would record all these terrible versions. And of that's Pigeon before Tony. you bring in... Before People like Stephen for scratch vocals. That's why no. That's why we call them the talent. Mm-hmm. Is it like yeah. <laughs> scratch vocals? The talent. Well, because so you were, when did, you were wait, doing scratch but on the movie. I did scratch on the movie for for like two years almost. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In fact, that's one of the wonderful things about our movie. You and Katie Crown were the huge, mm-hmm. wonderful discoveries. I mm-hmm. mean, you guys were the animation equivalent of getting discovered at the uh, the local drug corner drugstore. That's I yeah. mean, it's insane. Like they they told they told us uh, both like early on. Yeah, you were like you're going to be replaced by a yeah, celebrity. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that that was like the one. I know that we're jumping around here, but like that was the one thing about this process that was different uh, than when I did Shrek in the Shrek musical in New York. I I thought that I was mentally preparing myself to be on Broadway the yeah. entire time. So I kept thinking like I was I was a year ahead in my brain. Mm-hmm. And and then when I when it didn't work out and it ended I did like almost 2 years on that show and then they mm. they fired me about on New Year's Eve. On New Year's Eve. Oh yeah. my god. They fired me on New Year's Eve. Cuz your contract would have gone over on New Year's Day. Yeah. He would have been like guaranteed oh. Yeah, I would have been gone. Guaranteed. Who the, called the show. you to fire you? The the uh, Jason Moore, the director who directed okay. Pitch Perfect. Yeah, yeah. And when they and when they when he called me to fire me, I mean, I was a wreck. Yeah. I was a oh. wreck. But it's one of the best things that are happening. It is. It hundred percent is because they they had to buy out my contract, which oh, was an yeah. exorbitant amount of money, and then they had to royalties? give me twenty years of royalties on the show. So anytime the show plays anywhere, I would make money off of it, and then oh. I was able to use that money to kind of get myself. You know, situated in LA, so I could audition for stuff, and then I got Big Time Rush like six oh my six God. weeks later. I was like yeah. something crazy like that. I got Big Time Rush. Well, yeah, I think then, you're doing Carpoolers first, then Big. No, no, BTR like Big or... Time Big Time Rush uh, was airing the same time that Storks uh, that Sh- I mean, that Shrek opened on Broadway. Okay, because I was already famous when Shrek was on Broadway. Because then they let already me come. famous. Really? Oh, not you know, not famous. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? No, I was no, already. I'm sorry, big sorry. Show. Hold the crowd back here. They're rushing. Oh to my stage. god, they're <laughs> rushing in the Genghis Cohen to stab me to death. Um, but yeah, but I was already like I had a, yeah. c- a career at that point. Yeah, and then went <laughs> the worst. And then I went. Uh, I, they like let me come to the to like a thing to like yeah. uh, to go see it. Mm-hmm. And then I was signing autographs in the lobby of Shrek the musical and Jeffrey, and Jeffrey Katzenberg was yeah. there and was like Cause look, his kids looks like it show. turned out fine yeah, yeah totally it was very yeah. weird but, uh, long, but long story short um, the whole the for me though it was like I was thinking so far ahead in the future that yeah. I wasn't really enjoying the moment of, of things and not appreciating everything and then so when I got Storks I was like okay uh Every single day that I am lucky enough to be on the Warner Brothers lot, just to be on the lot, I was like, "That's fine." And then it was like, yeah. you know, every you know, every day that I got to like record was like, 
a big deal and felt like a big and if I got to like sit and have lunch or if they like brought me let me like sit with you guys for a break like I was like I can't believe I'm getting Mm -hmm. to sit with Nick Stoller and with John and with like all you know Doug Sweetland and like every I appreciated every single day so that that way there wasn't like a moment where I was like uh, you know, like I never was disappointed. Like there's never a point oh, in the yeah. three cool. years where I was disappointed by anything. Because you were you were prepared from the start. You're like, okay, they're gonna replace me. Yeah, at some I just point. like they're gonna replace so me. You, there so, was gonna be no disappointment when that happened, and right. then when it doesn't happen, because I remember even until the day they announced like the big entertainment weekly thing where they're like Stephen Kramer Glickman is Pigeon Tony until that day yeah. you were still getting prepared to be fired at any moment because yeah. yeah. you're like oh they're just they're going to find some celebrity last minute and replace me you know just which, like they did with Jennifer with Aniston Jennifer at the last Aniston. minute they brought yeah. in they brought yeah. in someone f- uh, and Jennifer took over for for uh, one of Andy's friends i believe yeah right? uh, the uh, oh, yeah. Um, God damn it. I'm completely spacing. I should not have drank all this celebratory champagne. I'd That's be true. Able to yeah. remember mm-hmm. things. Well, here, here's the interesting thing that happened from our side as we were making the film. Pretty early on, uh, I was uh, hanging out with uh, Justin Shelton and uh, uh, Doug and, and Nick Stoller and um, Matt Flynn. And, and uh, we were saying to ourselves, there's no way we're going to find someone who's going to be as heartfelt mm-hmm. as Katie and as weird as Glickman. <laughs> yeah. And so wow. what happened was the studio came out and I will not name names, but they named uh, two very excellent comic actors who, uh, you know, we'd be really have been lucky to have gotten on the show, but we realized that Louis they, Anderson. Not, I no. can't, I can't say any names. Yeah. Think, it's okay. It's okay. Think, May. think famous. Think, Mr. Robot. No, I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is we all realized, even though they're really talented people, we would get a less funny version of our movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's when Nick said, I have to go to the mat for Glickman and I have to go to the mat for Katie. And by God, he mm-hmm. did. Wow. You know, we were in a huge, huge... And it's not like there's a a lack of stars in that movie. You've got yeah. Jennifer Aniston, Ty Burrell, yeah. two of the biggest stars today sort of anchoring the, the celebrity list on there. Exactly, that's Danny exactly Trejo, right. who yeah, you Danny. wouldn't think of being in a comedy, but he was great. But yeah, but I mean, even Key and Peele, they took over for Brian Posehn. Yeah. Oh, you right? know what's funny? Post, Brian, Post, Brian Posehn was in well, there. Well, actually, Brian did a role that we completely cut from yeah, he the He was movie. the Vultures. He was the Vultures, yeah. and we took the Vultures. Com- it, the gag was that uh, Brian was going to do the voice of all the Vultures, uh, and we ended up dropping... It was... Pigeon Toady on Garbage Island. I remember with fact, a with a with a diaper on his yeah, head. I think that scene's on the. It's in the scene. it's in the deleted scenes. Also, yeah. that's uh, that's my nickname for Glickman's apartment, Garbage <laughs> Island. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, and yet the other one that I really liked was uh, instead of, uh, before Danny Trejo got cast to play uh, the 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 the, the Junior, not not Junior, junior. The, the the one who was like following the baby around. I forget his oh, name. Oh, uh, Jasper. 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 Yeah, before that, he yeah. was cast, it was uh, Eric Edelstein. Eric, by the way, super. Extremely talented and oh my god, I, amazing! I feel so. This is this is one of those things that's really heartbreaking because you work with someone for literally years and they do an amazing performance and it it can come down to something as simple as we need someone to go on a talk show or it's it's really heartbreaking and you, you know the the tricky thing about what um, yeah go, go was anybody playing. Andy's character before Andy came out? Yeah, Chris Smith did the scratch. Who Chris Smith, by the way, who is hilarious and is oh, wow. uh, has done a, a lot of great stuff and worked with Nick and in fact was in um, 
uh, uh, friends from uh, friends from college, Nick's new uh, oh yeah Netflix totally. uh, series. He by the way, he was so good, and I think really helped inform the character a lot. But um, this is, this is one of those things where it can it can have nothing to do with your performance, and yeah. You know, I've been I've been kicked off of shows that I've been I've been the editor on, and I when it happened, my uh, mentor um, Michael Tronic said there are two kinds of people in the entertainment business: those who have been removed from shows, and those who are going to be removed from shows. Right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is he said, don't ever take it personally. It's not like you're working for IBM and you've been there for three decades and they're kicking yeah. you to the curb. It's It can be something as simple as we want a different vibe or mm-hmm. a marketing we, thing. or it We can, owe yeah. a favor to someone. That, that's completely know. it. That's completely yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think that the, everyone who did uh, Temp Voices on, on Storks, they were all amazing. And it was, you know, it's just a mm-hmm. weird, weird business. But yeah. uh, What are you going to do? Okay. Can but, I finally jump back to South Park? Because I have another oh, question. Oh, oh, yeah. oh before, oh, before one, we one go more. back, okay. I have one more thing to say. Mm-hmm. Please. Which is, Glickman noticed that he recorded by himself. Yes. Which, by the way, we did with everyone else together. That was by design, Mr. Glickman. <laughs> and here is why. The very first time we recorded you, Nick did, it was just an, it was an audition. It, or, you know, it was your first session was kind yeah. of like yeah. an audition. And so uh, Nick didn't really tell you much about the character. And so what happened was you, like anyone trying to, come into a, a completely cold room you were like i'll try this i'll try this and so what happened was is you were you were like i'm going to try and please this guy by giving him a bunch of different options and so you landed on the surfer guy but in your voice you could hear you were like i don't know if this is the right voice and so you were you were kind of like do you like this am i am i making you happy am i making you all happy mm-hmm. and so when we were listening back to it um we realized holy shit this is the character. Pigeon Toady is constantly trying to get approval from every mm-hmm. single yeah. person <laughs> in the room. So by design, we didn't tell yeah. you anything. Yeah. So you would come in for a session and yeah. be like, do, do you like, is this all right? I like, and we were like, yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going. And that's your personality. Oh my God. Naturally. Yeah. Naturally. Like that. I'm like, we yeah. constantly want everyone to like me. Yeah, yeah. It was very, that was so funny. I mean, there are a couple moments where I, I knew that, things were going my way. Uh, one of them was when I, I did a scene and Nick Staller fell off of the couch, yes! physically fell <laughs> off of an actual couch onto the floor laughing. Mm-hmm. That was one of the, that was one of the times where I was like, I think this is going well. I'm pretty sure this is going well. Yes. And the other time was when we were going to do the song and uh, I'd done all the dialogue up oh. to the song and he goes, uh, okay, well, well, we can stop because we have a singer coming in for the song. And I went, you should let me sing the song. Oh and he was like, I don't, uh, we already have somebody. And I was like, let me just let me just give it a shot. What song is it? And then they told me, and I was like, I love that song. You have to let me try it. And then I sang it legit, like the way that he sings yes. it in the, in the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. And Nick was like, how did I not know that you could do this? <laughs> yeah. Like it was so like great. They didn't check your resume to see. Oh, he's been on Broadway. He's he can been on sing. Broadway. That that was the yeah. moment that, in my mind, when I look back at the whole thing, that's the moment where I was like, I think I'm kind of. Is that the moment when you? Is that the moment when you looked at me and said, "How you like me now?" That's yeah. it. How I like me now. And then he kept saying, "Be more unintelligible." Just keep saying. So then it became like, "Hi, Lamana," and it was just so stupid. But my favorite thing in the whole world. And, and uh, 
people that are listening to this, uh, please feel free to send me this uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, people send it to me constantly. Is videos of their kids in their house doing the in, the choreography oh. and the whole move and the whole bit. Doing the worm? And, uh, yeah, doing the worm, laying on, <laughs> laying on the floor and going, like into the floor. <laughs> and <laughs> it, <laughs> is the, it is so funny. I've watched so many families reenact that scene. And I, I get asked a lot, which I know is something uh, actors say about stuff, but... I, I've talked to Doug about it, and Doug was like, "It's doubtful at this point." But I've I've been asked so many times if there could ever be a world in which they would do they would spin him spin oh, off God, Pigeon yes. Tony to do something else, whether it was like a Netflix show or like a weird some something weird. And I even how weird is this? I pitched to Warner Brothers when the movie was like getting ready to, uh, to come out on DVD I pitched to Warner Brothers and said hey I have an idea why don't we do uh, Pigeon Toady teaches you your ABCs <laughs> and, or Pigeon Toady teaches you your numbers or Pigeon Toady's uh, Christmas carols and he sings Christmas carols and, and you can just reuse footage from the movie for it mm-hmm. and uh, they were like um, maybe this is the home video department they were like maybe and then I got a phone call from my agent she was like hey guess what you booked another Pigeon Toady job they're gonna do this thing and they like wrote it and they put yeah. it all together and I came in and recorded uh, yeah, yeah, new audio direct, for it directed yeah. by Matt Flynn by Matt mm-hmm. Flynn yes, yeah 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 the, uh, Co had a and story, then, genius guy. And then they did the uh, Pigeon Toadie's Guide to babies. Raising Babies, which yeah. was so funny and oh, weird. Yeah. But yeah, the point is, um, I love that character. People so want more. Silly. I want more Pigeon Toadie. I mean, I spent, geez, three and a half years of my life listening to Pigeon Toadie, <laughs> and I want more. I want more wow. Pigeon Toadie. Can't get enough. God bless. Yeah. All okay. right, Matt, so now, go ahead. Back go back ahead. Yeah, yeah, so Question I have, because this yeah. is something thing. They had a show that was successful. It yes. wasn't, I don't think it was quite as big as it is now, but it was a successful show on Comedy Central at that yes. point. Why did they bring in an outside editor like yourself when they've been working with editors on their TV show? Why don't they uh, use the same people? Yes, and by the way, that is a very good question. Just to get the movie done, because it, we did that movie in such a short amount of time, a mm-hmm. lot of the editors um, came and helped out on and cut on the film as well. So the TV guys in, ultimately ended up coming on to help out uh, and cut on the show. Uh, but mm-hmm. the reason why is because they were doing the show simultaneously at the same time while they were doing so the they movie. couldn't use the and so yeah. we were over in a warehouse over Marina del Rey mm-hmm. and um, uh, it was crazy Trey I, I don't know how that guy he was in his 20s that's how he did it because uh, he would work on the show all day mm-hmm. and then he would come over and work with me until like really midnight or wow. one in the morning he would go home and catch some sleep and then go back to the TV because on their TV show like they're making that show like two weeks before we see it on TV. That's right. Like, it's like wow. crazy turnaround on that. Yeah, and the movie, by the way, was made exactly the same way. And I think um, I think it comes across in, uh, was it Seven Days to Air? Is that the documentary? Yeah. The, um, yeah. It comes across there, but the idea is, is that the closer to deadline, the funnier they get. Yeah. and Because wow. their stuff is like just ripped out of the headlines yeah. more more than law and order even it's like it's, just it's true headlines. because they it, it's amazing by design the animation is shitty so mm-hmm. they can get away with yeah. really really just rough it i mean we made a joke about that in the yeah. movie you see yeah the carbon's the animation's about all crappy because i remember i remember the original south park because I went to the Spike and Mike Sick and Twisted Animation yes. Festival back yes. in the day. I used to me go too, watch that. me too. And I remember seeing it in the theater. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. You know, but like it didn't, 
stick with me. And then like, I'm like, oh, that's a TV show now. Okay, I'll watch that. And then you're like, oh, this is a really good TV show. Like, oh, I had yeah. no idea it was going to be what oh, it is. Oh, God. And those poor guys. Yeah. When they started the TV show, the pilot episode, they had done uh, The Spirit of Christmas in a small yeah. animation facility in Denver. Uh, and and it then was they all, do Cartman Gets was, an Anal Probe. That's, was yes. The pilot. That's right. And so um, Eric uh, Eric Stow, who's the, uh, the head of animation there, and he's one of the co- really effectively one of the co-creators, he... They did the first pilot episode using actual cutout construction, construction paper. paper. Yeah, like, and what happened yeah. was is that uh, about a third, I guess, halfway through the project, they were uh, they were saying we, we need to be able to turn this around faster. Mm-hmm. And so their their a CG animator said, "Oh yeah, they we can do this. Or... We can do we can do this with uh, whatever Maya, whatever mm-hmm. Maya was before Maya." Yeah. They uh, they said, "Hey, we can do it with this," and they were really skeptical. Because I think Trey and Matt really liked the texture of the paper. And they said, no, you get that too. We'll scan it. And so they did a test. And as soon as they saw the test, they were, oh, yeah, fuck construction. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's like, wow. it must have, I mean, it's like stop motion animation oh, at it that is. point. That's like, you know, Wallace and Gromit, like move it by one yes. millimeter. And now you take another photo. It and, like, forever. It's going to take forever. Well, here, just to give you an idea about what kind of insane turnaround you can get with uh because their entire animation staff is is there in the building with you. So it was uh, the editing room and then all the animators. And so uh, in the heat of battle, there was a scene. Um, Trey came in uh, with Matt like around 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And they said, we have an idea for a new scene. Uh, it, it goes it goes right before the, the big rally scene. And so uh, he wrote it, gave it to the storyboard artist. They boarded it. I got the boards around 11 o'clock which is very late because we were doing insane mm-hmm. turnarounds. Uh, I got the footage. I cut it, got done with it around 1 o'clock. We sent it to the floor. Trey Matt had gone and recorded the audio. I cut it mm-hmm. all together. We gave it to the floor. Uh, I went home and got some sleep, and I came back in the next morning, dropped all the finished animation in. Trey came in around 1 o'clock, watched it, and went, nah, this shouldn't be in the movie, and we dropped it. <laughs> so, like, was that in 24 hours, we created a brand-new scene from scratch, did it all, and then just said, "Ah, screw it, ah, screw it." And, wow! And to this day, I wish we had kept all the stuff that we deleted. Probably, it's probably good we didn't because it is the it stuff in a vault somewhere, in it is, or is it just deleted? No, on, I think it's it because we were moving. Somebody's so, like, "We need the hard drive space." Delete it because this was back yeah. when hard drive space actually cost money. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what? the other part of it is, is, in a way, maybe it's good we don't have it because then. It's like, hey, do you want to see less funny versions yeah. of the software movie? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. No, do you want to see a version no. that's not as good? Yeah. Now, no. were you there for the recording on that one as well? Yeah, you know what? The way we did it on that show, because we were moving so fast, Trey and Matt had a recording studio at the TV show. Mm-hmm. And so I would go to a few of the recording sessions, but not like it was on Okay, stories. so question for you. Did you get to witness recording done by America's greatest living actor, Brent Spiner? Oh, no. I'm so sad. I missed him. I missed uh, Conan. I missed... Uh, Stuart Copeland, the drummer for the police, has yeah. a voice in the film. And uh, Clooney? Uh, n- Clooney was in the doctor. He was the, was he the doctor? Yeah. Jesus. Oh my God! I am, How do you know? Come on, you worked on this movie. You should know. Uh, this. <laughs> let me just tell you something. They, we were going so fast, so fast on yeah. that show. Yeah. Um, the the best part about that show is because it was so disposable from the mm-hmm. outside. I think Paramount mm-hmm. was like. Look, yeah, they we don't really, care. really give a shit because it was a pretty low budget movie. Thirty five million dollars. Okay, so that's a, that's a you would think Decent it's an enormous thing, yeah. amount of money for animation. That's no, 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 no. nothing. Yeah. So I know we we just uh, got to spend some time with Mel Brooks, and <gasps> when he found out how much money uh, Storks cost, he almost fell out of his chair. He couldn't believe it because yeah. Hotel Transylvania 
is what he does mostly. Oh, yeah. And those yeah. those budgets are like what, 150 million, yeah. 125 yeah. million, 25 probably, right? 125 yeah. million, yeah. And then you we you guys spent sources like a third of that, 70 so million, 70, 80, yeah. yeah. So which okay. is really low. That's yeah. way low for animation. They had a really small crew, but the, if you get a crew that's really 70 million, 65 vibes. million went to Stephen Glickman. Do you know that? Yeah. Trivia. Yes. Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> I made millions. <laughs> uh, the audience doesn't know Glickman is actually wearing solid gold shoes. Yes. Yeah, these are they made hurt. out of gold. They hurt a lot, but they're worth Very it. heavy. Yes. Can't run in those. Excellent. I really can't. Not like you would run anyways. Yeah, well, you know. It's not, excellent, not, excellent now I have a reason. Support. You have yeah. really great arch support, though. Now, John, I read on your IMDb that you worked on another project. Uh, called Star Trek Continues. Oh, yeah. I've worked what? on every single episode of Star Trek Continues yeah. with Vic. Yes. So what was that oh like? Oh, my God. Oh, my well, God. What is, I mean, are they still making more? Because there have been a what? lot of things in the Star Trek fan film world where yeah. sort of CBS has come back and tried to clamp oh, down on things. And, and what are your so, thoughts on all that? I'm so glad you brought this up. I never get to talk about this. Well, I got introduced to Vic when he was doing the very first uh, episode. And for people who don't know, Star Trek Continues is a project that uh, was funded on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It was done by a Vic who's, who plays Kirk. And he doesn't play Shatner. He plays Kirk. Kirk. He yes. becomes Kirk in a wonderful way. His own way, yeah. You can check it out at uh, StarTrekContinues.com, and mm-hmm. it's on um, Vimeo. But the thing And these is, are like stories that involve the original cast yes. that are not remakes. It's just other stories involving that crew. Yes. Unlike the terrible J.J. Abrams movies where they ruin Star Trek. This is not a reboot. His intent from the beginning, yeah. Vic's intent from the beginning, was to do the final season that never existed mm-hmm. in the original show. So it links the original series to the movie. Yeah, and so uh, to it, the V'ger movie. To, to, that's right. Yeah. To to our, our the Star Trek the motion picture, which yeah. is uh, not universally good. beloved by <laughs> by seven twelve or, people, seven or eight people. Yeah. Um, but the thing about I it, I did just see Rathacon in the theater because it was just back out, and it was amazing. Oh, fantastic! Wait, wait a second, are we talking about? Star Trek continues. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Fan films. And and here's the well, deal: he raised so much money. <laughs> wait, a, wait a second. Wait a second. Star Trek continues was directed. By Julian Higgins. Mm-hmm. You know Julian Higgins? I don't know Julian yeah. Higgins. This is a picture of Julian Higgins. Okay. Julian Higgins is my director who directs all the Loot Crate videos. Really? Well, there He's, you go. I'm That's gonna, awesome. I'm, I'm going to see him in one hour Why from now. Why aren't you asking oh about Oh, my God, this. ask him about it. I didn't yeah. realize that you guys worked together. Well, the like, he's a He's a... Fucking great director, by the way. He directs most, like I'd say, most of the videos that we do, and he's a very, very funny guy. Oh, your Loot Crate videos are hilarious. Yeah. Well, we got, I mean, between Jamie Parslow and uh, uh, Pierce and uh, and Julian, and we got we got Austin. We've got like a serious team of people that so work now, really hard on. I that. assume you're a big yes. Star Trek fan. Then, I love that show. Trek fan. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, is that um, I I work in a really unusual way on that show. Um, I'm actually, I'm not involved with the set. And I don't work with the directors. I work with Vic. Mm-hmm. And Vic, by the way, um, I did some editing on the first episode, but almost without exception, Vic has edited it himself. Mm-hmm. And so what he does is he'll take his cut and then we'll sit down and spend hours kind of going through it. And I'll say, oh, we should fine tuning and you know, you should take this scene, move it earlier mm-hmm. or try and shorten this up. But um, the thing, the thing that I find remarkable about the show is, is that Vic not only is, understands the tone of the show so well but he has a, actually a really good relationship with paramount because mm-hmm. when when shit went down yeah with the other it was the film, act 
Arach- Achenar or it, whatever it was. We, we just refer yeah. to it as the, the series that shall not be named. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but the thing yeah. is, is that unlike that show, who, by the way, they never produced a finished episode. No. Yeah, it was. It they, was they raised a lot of money and then they just sort of never they came out with it. They spent a lot of money on yeah. them. Axanar, that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, man. Really, in yeah. a really crummy way. But Vic, by the way, they're set up as a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. So they, they said to Paramount, look, here's the deal. We're not making money on this. This is purely for fans. Um, and Paramount because they were really upfront about it. And they said, look, there are new rules that are coming down. Yeah. Uh, Vic said, look, we just want to finish out the series. It's an 11 episode arc. Uh, yeah. It's all available for we free. We just want to finish it in a universe where Vulcan still exists. That's right. That's <laughs> right. And in fact, what will end up happening is, is that uh, we just a couple of weeks back finished the final episode. Oh, great. So Vic is right now working with the sound designers mm-hmm. working uh, and he has access to the, the original scores yeah. and, it's yeah, shot we one, did, three, three. Uh, we did an episode with Walter Koenig at his house, Ooh. which was amazing. Well, it was, and we went there, and amazing. he's worked on the one with Tim Russ, where uh, now their last episode they did of that one, they had to remove all the Star Trek stuff from it. Ooh. And it's just like he's Commander, whatever, and he's not Chekhov anymore. It's still the same oh, characters, wow. but he's not Chekhov anymore. He had another name in the final episode of the one that they did God, because they God. ran into those problems with Paramount where they're like, no, you can't use original people, people who worked in the original series. And they're like, they, they have oh, all these rules for stuff now. Well, yeah. um, I'll tell but you. But you've avoided that because we, you, you sort of have a nice relationship That's with right, because Vic, Vic has always been really upfront about it. And the nice thing is, is that he um, goes to... Uh, the folks at Paramount said, hey, we're going to debut this at you know Phoenix Comic Con mm-hmm. or Denver Comic Con. Sure. Uh, and, the, and, and there have been times where uh, uh, Paramount's uh, CBS, they said, hey, look, here's the deal. We're going to be doing a panel discussion. Can mm-hmm. you please delay it because we don't want to yeah, conflict, and, which, is, which has yeah. been really great. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the thing is, is that I'm it, – it's so weird – uh, none of us made a dime on it. I would just do it because we're yeah. huge Trek fans. Mm-hmm. Wow. So are you really excited about Sunday, the debut of Star oh, Trek Discovery? Y- you know what? I've I, signed up for CBS All Access. They're going to take my six bucks a month or whatever yep, it is. I'm doing that. And I'm like, okay, just take my money. I will watch whatever Star Trek you will give me. It's, you know what? That's a really good point. I'm glad you bring it up. So anyway, yeah, the answer is yes and more, mm-hmm. please. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, John, I, I'd like to ask a favor. Of course. Um, I, do you have uh, projects that are coming up that you're working on that are um, about to come out? Or? I do. I do. I do. Oh, yes, I do. Well, you oh have, Le- yep, you have the Lego, Lego Ninjago, Ninjago movie, which I've been working with on. With Jackie for, Chan? With Jackie Chan, with, uh, uh, with yeah. uh, Dave. Um, uh, <laughs> come on. Come on, Brain. Uh, Ab- Abby from uh, Broad City. Um, oh, Kumil yeah. And uh, that, that, Zach Woods from... Uh, 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 yeah, Kumel Nanjiani's in it. A bunch of amazing people are in that it's movie. A, it's really fun. It comes out on the 22nd, and please, everyone, go see it. It is a kung fu Lego movie. Mm-hmm. Well, here's something I would like to ask. I um, would love to have you come back if it's possible, because of course uh, we gotta we gotta wrap up. But uh, can we, I ask one last question? Yes. Okay. In your career, you've yes. edited a lot of stuff. Yeah. You've probably have a thing that you can look to and say, the thing that I cut from a movie that I really wish I would have let in, what's the biggest thing oh. that you look back and you're like, I wish we would have left this in? I'm going to tell you right now, this is there, and it's from the movie Storks. You would mm-hmm. think this is pandering. <laughs> At the end of the movie Storks, which, by the way, has a wonderful ending. And it's I the pigeon Tony death it. scene. It was <laughs> actually, what ends up happening is we go back and uh, we do, it was a commercial, it was a TV commercial mm-hmm. for... Get a baby from Storks. You know, mm-hmm. we'll deliver your baby. And what ends up happening is, is 
Pigeon Toady keeps blowing the commercial because he mm-hmm. keeps coming in, being really enthusiastic. And so uh, what ends up oh happening is... Oh, my God. I know what you're doing. Did you say. record this? He yeah. recorded this. He actually, Pigeon Toady does his comeuppance song, and it is hilarious. Yeah, the scene is that they finish, they like finish the movie, basically. Yeah. And they go, Yeah, if you want to get a baby, get it now. It's like or a whatever. closing they, credit big, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. big yeah. thumbs up to the camera, and then they freeze frame, they, they stop, and Pigeon Toady walks in with a an actual goose, mm-hmm. that he, like, a do, like a goose that he's. Is his girlfriend? It's his real girlfriend. Yeah, okay. They were planning on getting an actual, an actual goose mm-hmm. to like walk in, so it wouldn't be CG. It'd be a no. real live action goose. Hard to train. Which they had yeah. problems with the Canadian. There was like a there was like a problem with the Canadian government over the. Oh, it was it was over money. The it was you couldn't solve that. You're Canadian. I know, right? Can't you make a call? I, I, I tried. I, I tried. I wish we had thought, yeah. but it was amazing because yeah. it was. Uh, I have a real girlfriend in Pigeon Toady basically yeah. sings yeah. the song. He comes out and he goes, mm-hmm. in your face! <laughs> he starts singing this song. He goes, you thought she wasn't real, but she is real. In your face! <laughs> you, you thought she wasn't, she thought she was fake, but she is real. In your face! Okay. In your face! So does in that, your face! In your face! And like then, the whole way, does that exist uh, somewhere as like a storyboard you know with the audio? It or? Exists, uh, you know what? I don't know where it is. God, I wish it's I'd have a somewhere. copy of it. I watched it. Like, oh, you, you guys did? showed it to me. Can you find oh, a way to leak that on the internet? Like, oh, here, 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 here. God, it's call, so call funny. Let me know. But I'll find some guy to leak it on the, the internet. The best part, and this, by the way, is maybe why I'm the saddest about getting it dropped. It starts out as like a punk song, in your face, in your mm-hmm. face. And then, out of nowhere, Stephen goes into like a smoothed out 90s R&B soul jam <laughs> oh, yeah. of in your face. Like a, and it is so sexy. And then... She was the most beautiful girl. <laughs> <laughs> I lost her so much. She's yeah. a beautiful So why did it get cut? It got cut uh, for about 12 reasons. $12,000 reasons. Okay. Yeah. That that's it really. Yeah, it was like a money. financial thing. That it was a financial thing. It was like we have such a wonderful, heartfelt ending. Yeah, do we want to step our people, own dicks here? Yeah. People were like, I remember, <laughs> and like after one of the screenings, someone was like, "Why would you do that?" Okay. So was that. An- fully animated, or no. was it just storyboarded? No, it was just storyboarded. It was like animatics. That's it was like right. an yeah. animatic of it. But oh uh, uh, my god, it's so funny. That's I, the I almost one thing I'm all sad that. because I would have loved to have in- at the very end of the crawl mm-hmm. done it. If I won, if I had been like on a Marvel wealthy. movie, they have yes. the thing after yes. all the credits. After it's the like credits. a different so thing. Good. Yeah. And we even tried to pitch it as an extra on bonus DVD, but they were mm-hmm. like, no. No, wow. No wow. But that's the one. When I, they come up with the editor's cut version that, of When they come up with the editor's cut, oh, you'll wow. know it because that's yeah. how our movie will end. I love <laughs> it. I love it. John, it's so amazing having you in. Uh, we, we we would love to have you come back. I would if you're down for anytime. it, we're going to do, we'll do a Batman episode and we'll bring <gasps> you back in and we can talk about uh, uh, oh, the yeah. Batman Lego movie, which you also worked on. Yes, and we, I worked we didn't on even that. get to touch on it. And I'm, I'm the voice of the penguin. What? Oh, wow. I'm the voice of the penguin. Okay, in that okay, film. okay. We're we're having you back, and we'll have someone from the cast for that one. Oh, and that'd we'll, be great. we'll do a whole yeah. thing. Okay. Awesome. Uh, where can great. people find you if they want to find you on uh, the internet? You can find me, um, Anim Editor, on uh, the the fabulous uh, Twitter. Um, actually, I'm also that on uh, the fabulous Instagram. Oh, great. So, Anim Editor. Anim Editor. A n i m e d i t o r. It looks like anime detour, but it's Anim Editor. <laughs> And I'm editor. Awesome. Well, we will uh, we'll get this thing up and we'll talk Excellent. real soon. Thank you again so much for the wonderful gifts. These oh, are amazing. And getting a chance to work with you was like the 
freaking coolest thing ever Agreed. to be. So hopefully we'll get to do something Mr. again. Mr. Glickman, we will work together again because you are supremely talented. So are you, sir. Gosh, thanks. And Matt, you're all right. Matt's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-P-H-E-N, Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast. Make sure to follow Matt at at Funny Matt on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Or if you want to tell me how great you think uh, the J. J. Transformers movies are and J.J. Abrams yeah. did with Star Trek, you can tell me that at mattwalkersucks.com. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, don't forget to uh, share and leave comments and repost, repost, repost. Uh, thanks again for listening to the Nighttime Show podcast. Love you guys. Love Bye. you guys.